Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everybody welcome in to the phnx suns podcast the post game edition yes we're hearing sad music because unfortunately the phoenix suns have fallen to the sacramento kings 114 to 106 but it is flavoring fridays so shout out to our friends over at og brands the official sponsor of flavoring fridays you can head on over to ogsbrands.com to see their full lineup and find out where you can purchase might I recommend the sleepy time gummies? Help you get a good night's sleep tonight after the show's over? Any of them will right now make you feel a little bit better. Yeah, they might. I wouldn't be mad at it. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, we all had... I Listen, I don't know about you guys. I'll start off. I'm not feeling too upset about this game. Mostly because I think we all kind of had low expectations for this game in the first place. We knew they were shorthanded. Obviously, we know Bradley Beal's been out for a minute, but also no Kevin Durant, no Grayson Allen. We had to ask more guys to step up. Nasir Little got hurt, left the game. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic got hit, missed a good little chunk of the game. All things considered, the fact that the Suns were in this one, I think, is a positive in my book. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go the positive route tonight. Look, I agree for three, three of the four quarters, but that third quarter, Eric, do you have? You have it ready what my analysis of that third quarter was? That was a masterpiece of dog shit. <laughs> I mean, that's what that third quarter was. 33 to 12. Outscored by 21 points. That's the difference. They win it. They win every other quarter. Who's the one that said that? That was the Utah head coach oh, the other right, night right, when they right. lost by 50. Uh but I mean, you're not honestly, wrong. That, that was pretty wrong. I mean, that third quarter was yeah. Was just putrid basketball. I mean, there we were used to that happening in the fourth. It happened in the third, didn't it? Yeah, 32, what, 32 to 12, right? 30, yeah. 33 to 12. to 12. I mean, they had a chance to win this game, but, I mean, realistically speaking, I, I didn't. I, this this game went almost exactly how I thought it would go. I thought the Suns would come out and play very well to start. They did. They took the lead. Hell, they were up by double digits then that third quarter. Now, they could have won this game, but mm-hmm. you can't you can't shoot like what you did in the third quarter and expect to win any game, especially if you score 12 points in a quarter. That's just, that that's, yeah. that's high school level bad right there. So, I mean, you can kind of see how they lost this game. Yeah, third quarter. Not much to talk about. Uh, they won every other quarter. Uh, looked like they gave themselves a chance at the half and came out and disappeared in that third quarter. And that's it. I mean, I'm not going to overanalyze this. 
They got their ass kicked in the third quarter and lost the game. A game that everybody thought they should lose. So mm-hmm. um, you just can't have that type of third quarter. Look, we talked about this in pregame. This was a trip back in time. We saw Devin Booker having to do what he used to have to do four or five <clears throat> years ago where he had to do everything and he didn't have enough help. And he was efficient tonight. He was effective. But it, the the rest of the guys were not there to pick him up and, and not there uh, to help. And nobody's overcoming a 33-12 third quarter or any no. quarter for that matter. It's just it's just abysmal. And you can't play. I don't care who's on the court. You can't play basketball like that. I mean, yeah. they shot 26%. They were 6 of 23 in that quarter. What, what, what gets me mad is that if you'd have told me before the game that the Kings would score 30 points in one quarter tonight, that's it. One quarter. They'd have one 30-point quarter. I'd have told you Suns win this game. But they scored 12. Score, if the Suns scored 20, they probably win this game. But 12, that's that's crazy. Yeah, they they make only six shots and miss all eight from three in that quarter. That's and then the and then free throw shooting. I mean, I mean yeah. they missed seven free throws tonight. I mean, yeah. all that all that little all those little things add up to uh, losing the game that you could have won. And if you win the game, you're feeling good because it's a game you shouldn't win. Like, no one expected them to win this game. Um, so it, it kind of sucks when you actually give yourself a chance and then you shoot yourself in the foot. But it's all good. The sky's not falling. Mm-hmm. We're fine. Well, let's look at some numbers around tonight's game as well uh, by seeing what's inside the box. Presented by Desert Financial Credit Union, Arizona's number one credit union named by Forbes. Uh, what's in the box? What's in the box? Uh, 114-106 loss and free throws, as you mentioned. Uh, the King shot 80%. The Sun shot 65.2%. Oof. Those are, those are literally, they call them free throws because they're free points, but yeah. when you miss them like that, uh, they're costly. Turnovers, 13 for the Kings, only 11 for the Sun. So what has been their Achilles heel a lot this year was not the case this evening. That's not what cost them. Suns had 26 assists. To the Kings, 25. I believe this is only the third time they've lost when they've had more assists than their opponents. Uh, and on the glass, the Kings uh, took care of business where the Suns couldn't. 50 for the Kings, 40 for the Suns. And that's how you get a 114-106 loss here in Phoenix. You know, it's surprising with the turnovers tonight. Like, the number wasn't egregious like we have seen in games this season. But the way in which the turnovers came were very frustrating tonight. They just... I mean, listen, Eric Gordon, uh, for a veteran, uh, we all saw it. That, that is just, that is not good. The little jump pass. I thing. mean, everything. He, he puts himself in such tough positions to be able to execute, and he's not, he's just not that dude anymore. And I, he keeps playing like he is, though. And he would penetrate, then he'd get doubled, and he just, he was just so bad. Uh, in terms of handling, taking care of the ball. And I really felt like, you know, if, had he played a sharper game, they would have had a chance to win this game. But he was a little sloppy with his handle. I think he had, what, five turnovers, four turnovers? He had four of the seven, or four, four of the 11. Four, I mean, four, and, and, and most of them were all in the first half. Mm-hmm. And we were just sitting there like, you, the team is playing well, and you're killing your own momentum. Like, you got to stop. Yeah. It's just three, I mean, three of his four in the first half. 
Eric Gordon is such a tough one for me. Um, obviously, you guys know I like Eric Gordon. I went to bat for him to the nth degree a few weeks ago. Um, it was last week. He's 34 years old. He Five. played 30 minutes tonight. 35. Is he 35? Yeah, I just no, looked no. it up. I said yeah. it was 34. Uh, he's 35. Either which way. He's old by <laughs> NBA professional like professional basketball standards, right? Well, I take it back. He turns 35 on Christmas Day. There you Thank go. You so he turns 35 in a few weeks. He played 38 minutes tonight, the same amount that Devin Booker played more than anybody else on this, this team. He's been logging heavy minutes as well throughout the season. He's been asked to do so much more. Like, Eric Gordon shouldn't be handling the ball as much as he is handling the ball for this team this season. So it's so tough for me because I totally understand and agree with everything you're saying. But at the same time, what's the solution? Outside of him being better at age almost 35. Who else can we pass that off to? And if don't, we can't, don't jump, what do we do then? Don't try to do jump passes at 35. No, you got to put him in a position. 15 years in the league. Don't do not do jump passes. Don't uh, pump fake off the three-point line and dribble into traffic with three bigs there. Like, it's, you know, I feel what you're saying, but these are things that at, his age is actually hurting him in this argument. You've been in the damn league too damn long to keep making these mistakes. Those are mistakes I see from yeah, second, third. Yeah, but could third. it be fatigue as well? No, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think so, Lens. He said two days off. Yeah, I, I don't He's think so. Five, he played thirty-eight minutes. Look, I don't. I think what this but is. But when those turnovers, those turnovers were ten minutes in the into the game, I mean, yeah, fair. they were. Yeah, but you're not putting him in a position to see. He should not be the primary ball hand. And he's to blame for the turnovers mm -hmm. being made, but he shouldn't be the guy handling the ball. And at times tonight. He was the guy bringing the ball up the court and stuff. He He's best when he's a, a spot-up shooter. Eric Gordon is a spare tire. He's good in short stints, but if you got to have high mileage with him, you're in dangerous territory. I mean, And that's where they've been. I get what you're saying, but, uh, you know, when he was in, when Booker wasn't on the floor, it was him and Goodwin taking turns bringing the ball up the court. Um, and I just, listen, I... I Handling the ball every other possession or every third possession to bring it up. And and it's not like the Kings were applying pressure full court either. They were literally just bringing the ball across half court. So it's not like they were they were, they were making a concentrated effort to, to pick up a man three-quarter court. So bringing the ball up is irrelevant in this point because – it's not you. Every anybody could dribble I mean, the ball. You, you, you be handling the ball. You Eric Gordon's best up. position is spotting <clears throat> up and shooting. <clears throat> That's true. I don't want Eric Gordon driving in the lane and trying to create and trying to do something. He was doing That's that off the catch too. But I'm saying he shouldn't be doing that in general. Well, I mean, That's not his game. That's a consensus for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, bringing the ball up wasn't a problem tonight. They weren't trapping. They weren't applying pressure. Yeah. Eubanks brought the ball up. Uh, Nurkic did. I saw Metu do it. Everyone's bringing the ball up. Uh, Gordon's mistakes are because, and this is not new. He's been doing it all season. It's like you were brought here to do a specific thing. And you thrive when you do that specific thing. And then you go into these moments where you think you're 25 again. And it's like, come on, man. Like, it can't be. And I, I'm not blaming Eric on this. I'm just saying, you know, that this is a tough game. And if you take away some of those mistakes, the Suns probably have a better chance. Um, but to your point, Espo, he's not a point guard. He's never really been a point guard. So we're asking these guys to do things again that they're not used to doing. And then beyond that, like, if you want to try and find a positive, like I said off the top, I'm going to look for all the little positives here. Eric Gordon was our second highest scorer tonight. He had mm -hmm. 19 points. Three of seven from deep. He actually made both of his free throws. 
So we didn't miss any of those tonight. And if he didn't have those 19 points, we wouldn't have been even remotely close into this game. You know? I hear that. So yeah. there's a positive for Eric Gordon. No, uh, look, when he shoots, it, it, when he shoots, he, he accomplishes what you're hoping. He makes those threes more often than not. But when he turns it over four times like that, it, it negates the offensive, uh, you know, positive nature that you get. People are like, well, well we're shorthanders. You should have I'd prefer, uh, you know, Gore, or Goodwin being the guy uh, in those situations more than uh, than Gordon. And Goodwin only had 20, 20 minutes tonight to Gordon's 38. Like, but, yeah, I get it. You're shorthanded. You got to do what you got to do. But even when they haven't been shorthanded necessarily at that spot, we've seen Eric Gordon make those mistakes. It, my problem is, is handling the the point guard duties and handling the ball doesn't necessarily mean you have to turn the ball over. Well, of like, course, in an no, ideal I'm, world, I'm, you yeah, don't. No, right? but, no, what I'm saying is, though, is like they're saying, who else? Yeah, Eric. Eric. But, but be smart. But be smart. Yeah. Like, like, make the right play. Try not to, uh, you know, play out of your comfort zone. Um, there were plenty of times where if you look at some of the times he's penetrated, you got a guy weak side, wide open. You got a guy over here that's an easy pass, one pass away. And again, trying to just do a little too much. So um, I don't, I don't, a lot of people say, well, you know, he's got the ball in his hands a lot. A lot. That's going to happen. I'm like, nah, that doesn't have to happen. I think that dunk with the Bahamas just made him think he was 10 years younger. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. A name that Neither. keeps getting brought up in the chat is Josh Okovey. A lot of people are very upset with his performance tonight. He finished with a big old goose egg, uh, played 29 minutes. He was 0-5 from the field and 0-3 from deep. Mm -hmm. Who's upset with Josh Okovey right now? I mean, I'm not upset with any of the players. I'm just disappointed. I mean, I'm just disappointed. <laughs> okay, like, oh, Josh yeah, he the same <laughs> like, seriously, Josh Okogie said that he spent all summer long working on that outside shot, working on that three, because he knew that that was his kryptonite last year in the playoffs. And he was absolutely not a factor in that playoff run in any way, shape, or form on offense. And so he comes in, and game number one, he shoots pretty well. And we really haven't seen that since. It's been about 15 games straight where he has just not been able to produce from the perimeter. Um, and literally we, was it a timeout or a free throw or something like that? I said, put anybody in the corner, but Josh Akogi in that very <laughs> possession, it goes straight to Josh Akogi. He's wide. I mean, wide open. There wasn't a player within 10 feet of him and he couldn't even make it. And it's just, if he can't make that shot, he can't play. He, yeah. he, he really can't, you, you know, <laughs> Man, I'm not. I'm like. I'm. I'm gonna say what you said. I'm not mad at anybody tonight. They competed. Like they competed. They're shorthanded. I'm not mad. Uh, I I praised them for going out there and fighting and, and giving themselves a chance in this basketball game. My problem is, is you play almost thirty minutes for Josh Okogie. Now, damn, if you're gonna be that ineffective, ineffective offensively, you better be clamping, dudes. Yeah. Like I'm talking about, you better give me, like I, I, I better look at the box and say, man, you ain't score a damn thing. But the guy that you are scoring had ten. Like that's not happening, guys. Let's get back to reality. Josh Okogie's a good defender. He's not an All NBA lockdown, 
you know, type defender. And we keep going back to, oh, but he plays defense. Nah, man, that's getting a little old. Like, if you can't hit a wide open shot, buddy, I don't know that you, I, I don't know that you can justify 30 minutes. But, I just but he don't. was a plus three out there. So yeah, I guess. There we go. There we go. Look, uh, as Denny Green said, uh, he, he is who we thought he was, right? <laughs> I mean, we talked about this. Josh Okogie is a guy that if he's not hitting those threes, his value is questionable. And I think we all agree, and I'm right there with you, Saul. If he can't make those, he can't be out there. He definitely can't start for you. I don't care about the argument that, oh, well, if you bring him off the bench, uh, you're you're not going to have any offense off your bench. Well, it doesn't matter because you're either going to have no offense with him out there with your starting lineup or no offense on the bench. I'd rather, I'd rather him not be in that starting lineup. Yeah. Because the guys that are going to get open looks need to be able to hit them with that group because that's why you have the gravity of Devin Booker. And if you don't got a guy in that corner that can hit it, none of that matters. It does not matter if Devin Booker can find the open guy because if he can't convert, it doesn't mean shit. Yeah. Facts. A million percent. You got, you got to be better overall if you're going to play in this league. I think the thing, the other thing that really bothers me is that I really feel like Jordan Goodwin is getting shortchanged. He is. Because yeah. these other guys are getting more of an opportunity. Like, legit, no reason for Eric Gordon to play 38 minutes tonight. There's no. zero reason for that. Because Jordan Goodwin wasn't having a bad game. He was flying all over the place. He was getting you some putbacks, some yeah. rebounds. Yeah. Like, he's a good, he's a good defender. Like, I don't know why he doesn't get more of an opportunity, whether at the guard position or the or the other guard position, like or the point guard or, or shooting guard position. I don't really care. He's flexible. He can he can play a variety of different things. Yeah. So I that that's the thing that I'm I'm how many times do you need to see this before you finally say, okay, this is enough? That's and you just hit the nail on the head. Jordan Goodwin played nine fewer minutes than Josh Okogie. <laughs> Jordan Goodwin, eight points, six assists. Five rebounds. Yeah. See? Why Why are you sticking with Josh Akogi in that situation? Why are you not, when you're desperate for anything alongside yeah. Book, not giving Jordan Goodwin more run? And, and you know what? Listen, I, and I don't want people to bug out here. I know when I say this, people are going to be like, oh, I'm, this is, I'm dead serious. Chemezi uh, Metu played well today. Okay? He, he, did. he did a good job. He didn't do anything in the second half, but he showed some things. Before we got in, before the second half started, I told y'all. I thought he should switch out KBD for Metu to mm -hmm. start the third. Um, sometimes the same argument we got with Jordan Goodwin, you're looking at it, you're seeing it. It's like, yo, Jordan Goodwin should be playing more minutes than Josh Okoge. In tonight's game, it's just a feel. You just had the feeling mm -hmm. that if you gave Metu maybe a little bit more opportunity or put him in, the, like, who knows? I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and forecast that if they played him, if they started him in the third, we don't score 12 points. But I will tell you that coming out of that half, I'm feeling good about Chemezi Metu. So why not ride that? You know, why not try to ride that a little bit? Mm -hmm. We're talking about KB, KBD, bro. We're not, you know, so again, hindsight 2020 is cool. Um, tough game. They'll regroup. They'll get they'll get back on the court and uh, Tuesday, right? Tuesday goes mm -hmm. no. Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. Which is Tuesday. that if there's a silver lining because we are a little bit banged up right now yeah. as a team. They get three days off between now and their next game. So hopefully that means we'll get Kevin Durant back, Grayson Allen back. Um, if anything's going on with Nas, he'll be okay. If Yusuf Narkic is feeling a little sore after tonight's game in any capacity, he'll be fine. So this three-day three break 
probably came at a really good time for the Suns. Real quick, the, uh, there's a couple casuals in the in the comments that I'm gonna I'm gonna just point out. First of all, if uh, you think we're all sunshine and rainbows, go back and watch a pregame if you don't know. So right. that's a that's a casual comment. If you're sitting here talking about like we're just thinking that everything is is beautiful over here. Second. Uh, somebody said, well, Goodwin doesn't play because he's not a good shooter. He's shooting 35.6% from three and 80 and, and doing just he's doing plenty good enough everywhere else. Like, just stop. Yeah. stop. 50% tonight. He shot 50% tonight. And every day that ends in why. If if I need a shot and it's between Jordan Goodwin and, and Josh Okoge, I'm not even – there's nothing to talk about. There's nothing to talk about. The guy can shoot. I mean, he, he can shoot a basketball. He's he, he, That comment's crazy. And I will – oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, Jordan Goodwin made more field goals and had more points than Bates Diop and Okoge combined. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I, what, I, what I'm a little – what I'm a little concerned about is actually I thought this was one of the better games for the Suns in terms of ball movement. Mm-hmm. I was I was really happy. It didn't seem like there was a lot of standing around. There wasn't a lot of ISO ball. The ball was moving even when Book was bringing the ball up, uh, and he was getting those doubles. He was getting the ball out of his hands. I don't even know if he had a turnover out of a double team this game. I don't think he did. Uh, so I, I I was happy with that. The ball movement was crisp. Uh, but but we need that same ball movement. When, when KD got, yeah. and Beal come back. back, and that's the problem. We've seen too much standing around when two of those guys are in the in in the lineup, and I'm hoping that this is kind of a a, a snippet of what's to come, because uh, you know this isn't going to get any better if if we just have a a stand and watch offense. Couldn't agree more. I I, I it's a pattern that I see on tape a lot. The, the Suns move a lot better when there's a singular star on the floor, whether it's Book or KD. But when you put them together, it's just, I don't know if it's a natural thing where you're just on the court and you're like, oh, damn, that's Kevin Durant. Oh, damn, that's Devin Booker. They're going to bail me out. They're going to do good things. I ain't got to work. Um, and if that is the case, they better fix that because that's not going to win a championship. And then when Brad comes back, that's a whole nother dynamic. So, again, I, I, I there's some things this team has to fix. I'm not tripping. That is a very good Sacramento Kings team, okay? Do you mm-hmm. agree? I said that before. That is a very good team. And that is a team that is relatively healthy compared to us. And yet, at the half, the Suns look like they were controlling this game. And if you take away that third quarter, the Suns outplayed them in every quarter. So the silver lining to me, again, is that even shorthanded and with all these injuries, they seem to give you – Every game, you're in the game, you're like, we can win this game. Like, you haven't had that one 25, 30-point blowout. Yeah, but we've been we've been talking about this for a while. This team has an identity crisis. They don't know yeah. who they are because they, A, they haven't had everybody, so they can't figure it out. But B, they, you know, you don't know who you can count on beyond Book and KD. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like you just don't know who you can trust night in, night out uh, with this group. And, and you can't get consistency – until you figure that out. Yeah. 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 Well, they need I mean, when your team is built around a big three and you don't have the big three and majority of the players filling out the rest of your roster on bet men's, you kind of could use your big three. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, but I, I agree. But again, like, I feel like we, we can't use that excuse all yeah, year yeah. long. You know what I mean? Like, no, you can't. Because there's going to be other points in time, even when the, the big three do 
jump on the court at the same time. Inevitably, one of them is going to, you know, need a day of rest or whatever. Um, and, you know, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting a little worn down with saying the big three, the big three. I think you three, are, and three. I think everybody is. And I also think beyond just the big three, we have to remember, like, this is a brand new team, a completely brand new team. Look at the Timberwolves. Last year, they were a joke. Look at where they are right now, at least this year yeah, so far. Now, yeah. will they continue to be that? Only time will tell. We don't know for certain. But things have clearly clicked in some yeah. capacity for them. I'm not saying that we have to wait until year two of this project. Hopefully it comes a lot sooner, but you could still find your chemistry. You could still click and it could still happen for us at any given moment. Yeah. And I think this would be different if two of the three big three had been injured right. this whole time and not this weird dance of books in, Katie's in, books out. Beal's here, but books out, Katie's, you know, if you keep, switching around who's in and out you know and it's not even consistent in who's injured that makes it even more difficult to figure it out because okay you don't have your point guard in, in Devin Booker so KD's got to play everything he has turnover issues then book comes back and KD's injured like even that consistency has lacked so while I agree you know you can't sit there saying we're waiting for the big three I just need at least one of these guys out there for, for an extended period okay. of time so this team can figure out yeah. anything they are at this point. I, well, I, I also would say this, and I do agree, they they do need time. and and But again, like the thing that's going to happen is no matter what happens this year, if they don't win a championship, it's a failure, right? In most correct. people's eyes. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think that this season is going to be beautiful I don't think at any point in this this year are we going to sit there and be like, oh, they've they've figured it out and they're in peak, you know, fluidity out there. I just don't think that that's going to happen. I think we're going to see some awesome basketball. Don't get me wrong, but I just don't think in terms of chemistry, ball movement, the whole nine yards, that they're going to find that this season. It's going to be a little bit of an ugly ride, right? Um, but I do think it will inherently get better as the season goes along. And by the time we get to the playoffs, you're hoping that they're good enough to win a championship. And then if they have to come back, well, they will come back. They're the favorites to win a championship next year because now, guess what? They got the chemistry going and everything. That's that's the hope. And I think that's what everybody's hoping for. But there's just such a long way to go. And there's still 60 games. Well, like The yeah. sad thing is the, the, best, the best ball movement and the best everything we've seen was in the preseason when they all were actually when they were actually playing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey, this is the thing. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Lance. No, I'm just saying, like, it sucks. I get it. But it is what it is. We're going to have to. We're on the ride. We can't get off. We're going to have to figure it out until the end of this season. Yeah. And hopefully the ride gets a little more fun here in the near future. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd like to. I know we keep saying big three. In, inevitably, hopefully that's what's going to happen. But I'd like some consistency from two of those guys. And I'm not talking about three games, four. I'm talking about a nice 10-game stretch where these guys are just flowing. The rotation is back to being set because I think with two of them, we are good enough. Then then when you add that third one, it's potentially going, uh, you know, that's, that gets you over the hump. But uh, I I don't know. So I, I kind of see what Saul's saying. I, I don't know that it's going to be pretty. Because we can't predict injuries. But I don't know. I don't know. It is just my opinion. I do feel like this team at some point this year is going to hit a stride. 
and they're going to get better defensively. They're going to hopefully health helps that. And they will go on a run. I got a lot of confidence in this basketball. My my question and my concern, I'll just say it like Mm -hmm. this, is the unknown. Mm -hmm. Um, Do we have the type of coach or coaching staff to be able to figure out how to best utilize these three when they're all on the court together as efficiently as possible like you've seen some other teams do? Hmm. I don't know. That is a wild I don't think you should be asking those questions yet. No, I'm just saying. You're getting way ahead of yourself. I'm just saying. I'm saying. Listen, this is what our job is: is to talk about basketball, talk about things. I understand that, but I'm saying right now, hypothetical. You know, hypothesis. Whatever. Hypothetically. Uh, you know, hypothesize. Uh, oh. Hypothesize. Thank you. you got Damn, it. I always uh, got to go with this. Extra <laughs> if we're gonna hypothesize about the big three, you know, I'm gonna hop- hypothesize about the the offense oh. and how it looks. And at times, without the big three, at times it is. It has not looked pretty at all. There has been times when even with KD and Book both on the court, or just KD or just Book, it has not looked fluid enough. Right, and so. My concern is is that you add a third person, and then how do you figure it all out? Yeah, my and my Corvette without the engine looks like shit. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't go. I mean, yeah. there's all sorts of things. And I think with Vogel, you look at what he did with uh, with stars in L.A. and he won a title. So I I don't yeah. know. The only answer we know about this team, and we know for a fact, is if Bull Bull played, they'd be undefeated. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh it's you God. know, well that and you know everybody on the roster should be traded. Yeah, yeah, that's the stuff that gets crazy. You know, another thing, I, I can I please remind people that the Suns are playing; they they're playing good teams. Like Denver's a good team. The Lakers record ain't showing it. You saw, oh. you saw they could beat anybody on any given night. The Sacramento teams. Very good team. And so uh, uh, these guys are not robots. You know, I was having a conversation with my son watching the game the other day, and he had to kind of dumb it down and keep it very simplistic for me. You know, why does that guy play bad? He's not a robot. They're not going to play good every game. And and it's that simple sometimes. And so um, they, they'll be fine. They play some tough teams in some tough games. If this was happening against – end of the, you know, bottom of the league type guy, then, I, then I'd have a whole different feeling. I mean, listen, we rolled through the entire league when we set the record a couple years ago for regular season wins. What Did was it matter? It? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you still got your ass handed. Did we win a championship? Nope. No. Nope. Like, there is no perfect season. There is no first 20 games dictates what happens That's right. in June. That's right. Like, all I'm asking is for everyone to just take a deep breath. Show the hell out. Go outside. Do something fun over these next three days. Like, I get that Suns basketball has not been as enjoyable as we've been spoiled with over the last couple of years. There are still, like, they're learning. These are le- valuable lessons. They're going to figure it out. Like, we're... I'm just you guys. You guys are killing me right Lindsay, now. I got a positive for you. Right Go ahead, Lindsay. You want to hear what the positive is? What? Trade Machine Tuesday can start again because in seven <laughs> days is December fifteenth. So let's fire that bad boy uh, up again. Everybody in the chat who's angry, you can come pick up Saul and take him to go out to eat to Illegal Pete's this weekend. So you guys can have some beers, some margaritas, some burritos. Y'all can just get your mind and your vibes right, okay? I need you all to come back a little more excited because <laughs> all of you are killing me right now with these vibes. Uh, Illegal Pizza is your go-to spot this fall. Stop by for happy hour, 3 to 8 p.m. every single day at all 12 locations. Illegal Pizza, the go-to spot for burritos, buddies, and beer. 
for 28 years. And if you want to do like, you know, illegal pizza in Tempe and then take an Uber down the street, you could head up, hit up the Four Peaks Brewery and you can just keep the party going, make the vibes even better all night long. Like just bring in all the good vibes because our friends over at Four Peaks also have fantastic vibes at the brewery. You can visit fourpeaks.com slash locator to find all your favorite brewery tours and events. You can check them out on social at Four Peaks Brew or at Four Peaks Pub to keep up with the latest at Arizona's hometown brewery. But you must be 21 years or older to drink Four Peaks, and we ask that you please drink responsibly. All right, so we have a couple super chats here we'll read. Big Vernon sent us one. Thank you. They said, when D-Book and KD by themselves, they get mauled by doubles and don't have enough help. Shaking my head, we need to get healthy, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, we see it a lot with Book, especially getting stuck in that corner lately yeah. when he gets doubled. Uh, Mike Kafka sent one. Thank you. They said, Bulbul hit as many shots as a Kogi and played 28 fewer minutes. <laughs> Time to free Bulbul. <laughs> 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 Y'all with the bull bull stuff. Oh no. Yeah, screw it. I'm on team bull. Let's start bull bull on Tuesday. Why the hell not? Man. Why not? At least it would prove them all wrong, right? It would. It would <laughs> shut them. It would, it. You know what? That is a fact. It will shut everybody the hell up with Bobo. Just just one game. Bobo versus Steph. Tuesday night one for Print Center. Everybody get your tickets. Minus 53, and then he, we ain't got to hit Bobo again. Let him play point instead of Eric Gordon. Let's go. I tell you, Thomas is wet dream. The best passer on the Suns. Bobo. All right. Well, um, next up from Base God, they said, Book took 14 shots, dot, dot, dot. Normally, he knows when he has to take over. Don't like this point guard mentality for him. He tries too hard to facilitate. Fox took 24. <sighs> okay, Book takes 25 tonight. They still lose, and he doesn't pass the rock. Everybody's saying, well, yeah. he's the point guard. Why isn't he passing he the ball? He can't win. He can't win in that situation. And he shot 71% tonight, and, but, but now he didn't take enough <laughs> shots. He was I mean, too efficient tonight. I need more. <laughs> listen, I do understand, though, that it is... It's a, it's a learning curve for us, too, to get used to this version of Devin, right? Well, but this Because is a... he is doing different things, and so if your scoring has been like this compared to your facilitating, and He's then now, still it's, averaging 30 now it's kind of going like this depending on the game, it just feels different. I'm not no, but saying it's, not. it's bad. I'm not saying you. I'm, I'm talking about them. I'm saying it feels different. It's still getting used to this new I, whole team. I agree. And it, at this point, it has to be accepted that that's the role that he's in here. There's no, there's nobody else that's stepping in and leading the church. You want Eric Gordon to play point so Book can be <laughs> off the ball? Because that was your only other option, really, tonight based on what we saw. That's not what you want. No, I, I think in a realistic situation, what they, in a perfect world, you want another point guard. Well, that's I mean, that's the that's the request that is being made. Watching Devin Booker out there tonight, I had zero problems with the way he was playing. I really did. I thought he was efficient. Um, I thought he was trying to get guys involved. I thought he made the smart pass. Sometimes the smart pass gets takes the ball out of your hand. That's what the Kings were trying to do. They were trying to get the ball out of his hands and force other players to step up. And it would have been and the same whether it was point or not. Right? Exactly. And so I thought he did a, ve a very good job of handling that. And there was times where he handled the double team and then he got the ball back and he was able to score. Like that's what 
it's designed to do. So I, I had zero issue with the way Book played tonight. Yeah, and the best play of the game came with Book throwing mm-hmm. a no-look pass to Chemezi Matu. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, Psycho Blue sent us one thank you. They said, patch up, biter time, big three, 40 and O run incoming. <laughs> Let's go. Shame Okogi has become the wrong kind you, of quote, that dude. You know what's think. so funny? What? If we, it, let's just say hypothetically, let's hypothesize again. Uh, if we did have a 40-0 run, right, to end the season. It would mean you know nothing. what people would say right before the end of the season? Should have been 39-1. Right? Yes. Should have lost the last game before the playoffs <laughs> to get it out of your system. Yeah. Like, come you on, I got one better. They, they would have said that. Or they would have said, doesn't mean shit. 40 regular season wins in a row don't mean nothing. Got to win in the playoffs. Or, or, hey, you know, we really should have rested Booker, Beal, and Katie yes. at least two of those games. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Going for 40 straight is why you're going to get knocked out to the Mavericks. But that's, that's, that's the absurdity of this year, though, right? Mm-hmm. When your goal is... A championship, I don't think any of this is going to feel particularly fun because yeah. that's always going to be what it is. And until you reach that point, there's always going to be something to criticize. There's always going to be something to look at and go, well, I don't know, because, you know, perfection is what not perfection, but end of the, end of the year title is what everybody's looking at. So, yeah, I will say this. The last playoffs that we just saw. You saw Miami Heat team that had to play a playing game to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then you saw what they did, right? Mm-hmm. All the way Fox to the finals. Right. <laughs> right. So, so uh, another thing that I, I do want to say, I think this is a different NBA now. I think that when I was growing up in the 80s and 90s, like first seed and eighth seed, you knew what was happening. I mean, it's a different NBA. It's, I really believe if this team just stays healthy and they can get a, a top six seed and not have to worry about a playing game, ain't anything is possible, man. This West is wide open. Nobody believes Minnesota's the best team in the West. They'll come back down to earth. Shit, would you sign up for an 8-1 Minnesota right now? If we're healthy. No, yeah. I'm, I'm saying, yeah. would you? Yeah, Say that again. Right now, I tell you right now, uh, Minnesota's one, Phoenix is eight. You sign up for that? Yep. There you go. So, I mean, again, everybody chill out, man. Chill out. All right, we'll come back to some Super Chats here in just a minute. I do want to talk um, a few more players from tonight's game. We got to see more minutes from Yuta tonight, which he has kind of fallen out of the rotation uh, as of late. He did knock down some threes, which yeah. were great. I thought his defense was solid tonight. What'd you guys like that you saw from Utah? I, Shot the ball. I don't I don't get the Utah hate. Oh yeah. I really don't. Like I, I know listen, he's not gonna make every single three. You want him to shoot, you know, a little bit better than than what he has been shooting of of late. But I thought tonight he hit some some key shots. Hell, he hit two back to back ones when they really, really needed it the most. And then they didn't try to find him for like the next several possessions. And then he missed a, a, another shot. Like, I I have – Utah has not affected the game either way for me, if that makes sense. I think he's doing what he's being asked to do, and that's about it. Yeah, he's shooting 36.5% from uh, from deep. We'd kill for Josh Okogie to shoot that. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think what happened was there was this inflated expectation with Utah. Yes. A lot of people just, for some reason, bought into him being that guy – in a lot of ways, because of his his tie to, uh, you know, his tie to KD, but he's playing the most minutes he's ever played uh, in his career. 
Uh, and he's shooting the third best he's ever shot from three. Like, mm-hmm. he, he is what he is. He's a guy that's going to spot up and shoot threes from time to time and give you 15 to 17 minutes. That's tonight, who he is. Tonight was to you that I think we should see. I, too many times he passes up on shots. Too many times he'll have a shot, pump fake drive, try to take two dribbles, hit a fadeaway midi. If you had that, if you really had that in your game, you wouldn't be a vet minimum guy. Like, that's not his game. We brought him here to shoot. Today, there was a pass that he picked up off the ground, and the shot clock was winding down, so he had to let it go. And he hit it, mm-hmm. right? And 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 I look at a play like that, and I'm like, the shot clock don't need to be rolling down for you to do that every damn time. You get it, you shoot it, brother. Yeah, like, don't and think, just Don't shoot. think, just shoot. And today, he shot the ball better, so I got no problem with you to just keep shooting the ball, buddy. I mean, he's a role player. Yeah. I, I, if you're expecting him to be... You know, more than that, I, that's your fault. Yeah. Like, I, again, from from day one, the biggest thing was is that he wasn't abhorrent on defense. And I know a lot of people are saying he's atrocious on defense. He's and, not. And they're hunting him. I don't I don't see it that way. Um, and then he's supposed to hit that corner three. That's the thing. But, again, it was built around the other guys being available to be able to free him up in the corner. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. If he had that Josh Okogie look. How you feeling about that? He, he knocked it down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, let's talk a little bit about Chemezi Metu. We finally got to see a little more Chemezi. Saul, so should we leave so Flex can have his moment? <laughs> <laughs> so Mezzi played 23 minutes tonight. He finished with 10 points. He had four rebounds, one assist, two steals, and two blocks. Flex, yeah, I the think floor it, is yours. I think he should have played more. I really do. Not, yeah. not, but I, I think another five or six minutes of Metu would not have killed me. <laughs> I think it would have helped the team. Um, he's starting to listen. He's starting to show that he's got flashes of potential in there, right? Yeah. And you're seeing with every opportunity to min- when the minutes increase, uh, he's playing better basketball. So I saw a guy that still has some more things to unlock. And I, what I want to get to the level, I want to get to the level where Metu's playing. What's, what are you laughing about? No, keep, just keep going. Right. Keep going. So, so I want to get to the point where Mezzi is playing basketball and not thinking or looking over his shoulder. Because oh. I still feel he's like he's in that mode. Um, I'd love to see five or six game stretch of Chemezi Metu where he knows he's getting 20 minutes every night. Yeah. And I think we can make a, a real, if you do that, you can really get to see what Metu can bring as far as value to this basketball team. But until we get there, it's going to be tough. But good job, Mezzi. Hey, Appreciate you, you, my boy. You filled the statue tonight. Ten points, two blocks, two steals, four rebounds, and assist. And you know what we didn't see? Hmm. Him hit a three, and that's what he did yeah. effectively in preseason. If that clicks, too, I mean, you got a guy with some bounce that can can play that four that's more of a typical, prototypical mm-hmm. size for – for a four than some of the guys you've run out there. I I like him in that backup backup role. I could even see him playing some minutes in a night where you're playing a more athletic center and play a small ball yeah. for five there. I, you know, I, I would like to see him get his opportunity because he made the most of it tonight. Uh and he deserves some some additional minutes in this with this group. Agreed. I thought he I thought he was good in the first half. In mm-hmm. the second half, you wouldn't I didn't really notice him out there. Because he didn't really do much in the second half. Um, I also I, I would really prefer, especially for Metu, because the guy that came in for Metu was KBD yeah. in the first half. And Metu was kind of grooving there. And you could tell, you could just tell when a guy is feeling really good out there on the court. He's got a little bit of bounce. You could tell he's in a rhythm. He's, you know, he's 
you know, he's kind of in the zone. Um, and I felt like Metu was was feeling himself. And then he got yanked for KBD, and that was about it after that because he had he had done all his damage before that. So I wish I wish these coaches would just you know have a little bit of flexibility in their in their substitution patterns because I really thought that he could have uh, he could have made more of an impact in that first half for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm curious to see a little bit more of Chimezi Metu. I like that he brings a little more athleticism than pretty much anybody else on the hey, team. He's got that bounce. Yeah, I mm. like um, he and Book's connection, even though I still feel like it's very introductory. I do think there could be some big growth there, and it could be real positive for us. So I, I like the preliminary like things we're seeing between the two of those, and I would be curious to see a little bit more of it. I mean, if you're shorthanded again on Tuesday – you know, I joked about starting Bull Bull, but I would not mind seeing Metu get that spot that we saw KBD in tonight and, and give him a little bit of opportunity with that starting group, see what he can do to build that connection with Book and mm -hmm. and what that athleticism could help on those cuts and stuff. Yeah. yeah. He's got a beautiful shot, all right, Nate. Too bad he didn't <laughs> hit the rim with it. <laughs> uh, and lastly, I do want to chat a little bit about Yusuf Nurkic. So Nurk got a little bit spicy tonight. He was backing down some bonus. I liked the the fire that I saw from Nurk tonight. I thought that was interesting. Like, cause we saw it a little bit with with Joker, but I feel like tonight was the first time I I was like, ooh, we got spicy Nurk here. I mean, he was aggressive from the jump. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, he was trying to take uh, Sabonis down low in the post. And uh, try to score. the The unfortunate part is Sabonis is is a really good player, and on defense, Sabonis all also, you know, kind of took advantage of him down there. So it was kind of a tit for tat situation. Uh, but I thought Nurk played a, a pretty good game. Hit a couple threes too. Like mm -hmm. I, I thought overall, Nurk was exactly what you wanted him to be tonight. He gave you a little bit of firepower offensively. Um, he did a little bit on the defensive side, but not not. Not so – he wasn't so egregious to where he was getting burned every time. I thought he, he was uh, playing his drop coverage really well. I, I, was, I was happy with Nurk tonight. Yeah. yeah. I love the Malik, Malik Monk, hold me back, hold me back. Where, <laughs> like, yeah. where he, like he's really going to fight freaking uh, Yusuf Nurkic. Like I hate that stuff in the NBA. Like don't give me the fake tough guy crap. You're going to get your ass kicked by – by Yusuf Nurkic if you go after it. And really, Nurk didn't do anything to you. It was a book foul, if anything, on that play. It was that whole thing was ridiculous. But I do like I like an aggressive Nurk. When yeah. you get when you get that Nurk that gets those fouls early and kind of shies away, that's not the guy. This is the guy, you know, we saw it, Jokic, what we saw against Sabonis, uh, you know, that's when he's effective. And we even saw it. He had some really nice passes tonight because he was engaged and, and aggressive early on. Yeah. yeah, Nurk was fine. I like what I saw from Nurk. Uh, we talked about it pregame. If a center's got balance and he's athletic, it's going to be a tough night for Nurk. If he, if you got a guy like Sabonis and he's low-to-the-ground centers that aren't going to play above the rim, he does his job most nights. And mm -hmm. I don't. I, there may be five to seven of those guys in the league that really are troublesome for Nurk. So... Uh, I like what he's. I like. I like what he did tonight. Yeah. All right. So, like we said, three days off until the next Suns game. So, if you're looking for something to do tomorrow or Sunday, highly recommend you check out our friends over at Gila River Resorts and Casino. Uh, it's entertainment and excitement that you will not find anywhere else in the Valley. They've set a very high bar. Their state-of-the-art gaming floor has 
over 800 slot machines, 15 blackjack tables, and a live and live table games. And not to mention, it's got Arizona's largest casino sports book. So you can watch the in-season tournament if you want to participate. I understand if you want to opt out, but it's available there for you. Uh, you do you at Gila River Resorts and Casinos. Visit play at Gila.com for more details. Also, don't forget, as you are picking up your Christmas gifts, to get out there and pick up your scratchers from Arizona Lottery. Holiday scratchers are available. They start at just $1, and top prizes are up to $500,000. So go out and buy your holiday scratchers today. You can find a retailer like our friends at Circle K near you at ArizonaLottery.com. Now you must be 21 or older to play. Eric, do you have a scratcher for us today? Who gets it? I one yet. I'm doing, another, I'm doing another question. I'm sorry. Okay, we're doing you got to answer question. the question or you don't get it. Here we go. Okay. We just, this isn't a handout. These are valuable prizes. Exactly. Okay. I want to win some money too. Okay. So Josh Akogi intrigued me today. He okay. led the Suns or was tied with the lead for the Suns in three stat categories today. He was tied for two and he outright led in, led in one. Give me the one he outright led the Suns in tonight. Was it plus minus? It was plus minus. He was a plus kind of a three. Given. That's your thing. But you want to know the other stats that he tied for the lead? Well, in? and he had a goose egg pretty much across the board on everything else. Hey, no. Hold on. What you you said? Josh Okogie led the team did in he plus not? minus. What he did he, not. Oh. And Saban Lee led the team in plus minus. Okay, there tonight. was three. He was tied. Yeah, oh, damn. Give me my goddamn scratcher. I think Espo gets that one. I think Espo gets that one. Yeah, absolutely does. He caught your mistake. <laughs> you know what? That was the real test all along. That was the real <laughs> question right there. That Mr. We're, Plus. We're really there. counting 38 seconds. Hey, Saban Lee and Bobo. It's, it's right there it says the on the stat sheet. sheet. Plus wow. four for two guys. Espo, listen. Whatever it takes for you to get a W, I'm here for it. That scratcher is all you yours. You got a coin for me too no, over there? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, while Espo much. does that, let's... Uh, Dive into our triple money presented by Arizona Lottery once again. Don't forget to get out and buy your holiday scratchers. Now, this is the part of this program where we look at the big three, but we only have one today. No Bradley Beal, no Kevin Durant. So let's talk about Devin Booker. He finished with 28 points, seven rebounds, seven assists. How are you feeling about the way Book played tonight? Uh, I mean, I already mentioned it earlier. I thought he did. I thought he played a good game. I mean, yeah, you want him to take games over, but I really do think I. I really do think that he is playing kind of the long game. And I listen, one of the things I like about Devin Booker from time to time is that he lets the game come to him and he doesn't try to force it. In the games where he tries to force it, he typically doesn't do that well. But in the games that he just kind of lets it just flow and he picks and chooses his spots, that's why he's one of the most efficient players in the game as a guard. And I thought tonight was exactly proof of that. Only shot the ball 14 times, but had 28 points. That's a <laughs> that's two points per possession or two, uh, per shot attempt, which is phenomenal. Like uh, so, I, I had no issue with the way Devin played tonight at all. Yeah, I think you're getting real picky if you have a problem with Devin shooting 71 percent, getting 28 points, seven boards, seven assists. I mean, damn, they got a triple double. He's playing by himself. But but it was the regular season, so you knew he wouldn't. 
That's true. They no, only I'm happen kidding, in, man. in the... Stop being so fucking serious, Flex! Maybe that should be my bet that this Devin guy, Booker won't get a triple-double. This guy's telling he me stop work. being serious. <laughs> no, 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 I thought he was fine. I mean, I am a little pissed off at Book tonight. I mean, what? I do have a reason yeah, to be pissed why. off at Book what? tonight. It's not a serious reason. Because if, if he would have got one more assist, I'd have hit my seven-leg parlay. <laughs> so, yeah, man, yeah, get yeah. that one more, bro. It's like, come on, man, you got to cut it out. Like, you got to be better, bro. I, it's too you bad. got to be better, bro. You got to get that one more assist. I'm tired of it. If you were gonna, <laughs> if you were gonna trash him for the Lakers game, <laughs> for what he did or didn't do in that game, you can't turn around and bash him tonight for shooting. You know, ten of fourteen, perfect from three. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't know. I'll get on him about those two free throws. Yeah, the two though. free throws. Fine. Oh, I, I get you. Yeah, the whole team was it was just abysmal. Yeah. Actually, mm-hmm. do you have that sounder again, Eric. Let's say about their free throw shooting. What was it? No, you can't do it. No, no. you can't do yeah, it. We're, can't do it. Right. That was my fault. Again, that was my He's literally fault. doing I things. I didn't look. Uh, that's my <laughs> fault. That's not on the producer. That's on me. But uh, but look, uh, the I don't know what else you want him to do. Could he have tried to take over everything offensively? And try to drop 50, yeah. And he probably would have been ineffective because they were double-teaming him. And they still lose the game. So, this again, we're back to five years ago where Devin Booker did a bunch of stuff and couldn't, didn't have help around him that he needed. Yeah, well, speaking of Devin Booker, Frank Vogel had some thoughts on the physical toll that he has been taking on running point guard and dealing with doubles all season. Well, for sure with the other guys out. You know, with uh, no KD, no Brad, no Grayson, um, you know, we, we knew we were going to have to ask him to do a lot. And they knew that, you know, he was he was going to be the centerpiece of everything we did. So, you know, they really uh, threw a lot of bodies at him and uh, it made things difficult for him. So, you know, we still had a chance. You know, I thought we played a, a, a solid first half. I thought we fought and competed in the fourth to hang in there. I was proud of how, uh, you know, our guys competed. Uh, but the margin for error is very small. When you got you got so many guys out and you're playing so many different combinations and having on a having on the floor together with each other, so um, you know it just wasn't enough. Just wasn't enough tonight, but it'll get there. And you know, I think that'll help with book as well, just in general. And then the wear and tear on him throughout the season. Like I know Devin is young; he can handle it. But also, it's always a good case when you have multiple options you can turn to instead of having one guy carry the brunt of the load. Agreed. Agreed. I, we said before the game started that the, the, the role players were going to have to play at a high level in order to beat the Kings because the Kings are no slouches. And I think, I think a lot of people are kind of missing that point. Mm-hmm. Like De'Aaron Fox is a dog. MVP Sabonis came. is a dog. Malik mm-hmm. Monk is a dog. Like they, they got good players over there for a reason. Like, they have a good, solid team all the way across the board. Now, if we have a big three, do I think we lose? No, I don't. I think we're a better team than Sacramento, but we didn't. And these guys all had to step up. I think Nurk played exactly how you hoped he would play. Booker did his job, and then you were looking for other people to step up. Jordan Goodwin did his job. Everybody else had, had to play a little bit higher, uh, a higher level, and, and they just didn't do it, and that's why they lost. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you're missing three of your top Five best yeah. players. Yeah. Facts. In KD, Grayson Allen, and Bradley Beal. Yeah. Grayson being now is a big point. And Nurk came out after getting hit and was was out for a little while as yeah. well, Mr. Chunk. And then Nasia so. played three minutes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's tough. Yeah. And uh, so, listen, I, it'll get better. 
I know that it's easy to kind of get down on this team. It's easy to lean into the negative, but you know, I think we can kind of take a page out of a few of these players books when I know a lot of times the things they say are like typical cliches, never too high, never too low things of that nature. But they're feeling the same way that we feel about some of these losses. They know that the win was right there, that it was there for the taking and they dropped the ball. They feel that too. And I'm sure they struggle with the ebbs and flows of the season as well. Well, and moral victories suck for those guys too, just like they do for the fan for the fans. Look, nobody wants to sit here and say they almost won a game and act like that. That's that. That's some kind of badge of honor in any way, right? Yeah. But but the reality is, you are playing shorthanded. They have been close in these games. A handful of things go a different way, and they're they're sitting two in the West instead of yeah. instead of six, right? And uh, and it all usually winds up netting out in the end by the end of the season that that it evens out. A bit. I hate the well. We got to wait a little while, but the reality is, with this team, you got to wait a little while and and figure it out and yeah. see what happens. I there's nothing more you can say. Yeah. Than that. I'd love to be indignant and be really pissed off right now about this team, but I who am I getting mad at right now I, other than health? I, I would know? say I would say the the only other thing that's a little bit disappointed dis- disappointing is that none of the role players have really like become like a constant like in terms of stepping up and trying to replace or at least fill mm-hmm. in some of the void that was vacated by said superstar that's out like you would have loved to see somebody step up i think the closest guys maybe to that were maybe nas little and then maybe even jordan goodwin mm-hmm. but nobody nobody's really taken that that mantle and said i I'm going to help out. I'm going to do my job. I'm going to step up every single night. I'm going to help help book or I'm going to help KD. Nobody's really done that. You don't think that your expectations for that are maybe a little too high? Like I, we're I talking mean, about I'm not talking I'm not talking I'm not talking about them replacing KD like in total. I'm just saying like somebody like being more consistent mm-hmm. on a day-to-day basis in terms of helping out instead of the mm-hmm. fluctuations that we're getting with basically every single player. Um, that's what I would have loved to see. So even if you were only giving me eight, five, and five, or eight and five, like I'm getting eight and five every single night for the most part. I would have liked to see that. But right now, guys are giving you, you know, like like for instance, Grayson Allen. I think he's been the best acquisition in that trade outside of Nurk. Um, but Grayson Allen even will be like he'll give you four points one night. The next night he might give you sixteen, and then he'll go back and he fluctuates as well. But I think this is a flaw in the roster construction, though, because when you build something predicated on a big three like they did, and then you have to go bargain shopping, you somewhat have to, in some ways, you have to expect some inconsistency in these guys because Mm -hmm. there's a reason that you're getting them at the vet minimum, right? We kind of knew that KBD was going to be a guy that you hope lived up to what he did in San Antonio, but we also knew that his three-point shooting was probably... An outlier, right? Yeah. Uh, you you hope a, a Yuta could grow into something more, but like we talked about earlier, in reality, he's a spot up shooter that's going to give you fifteen minutes. Like, I, I think Jordan Goodwin has come close to trying to to live up to more of those mm-hmm. expectations yeah. than than we expected and give some consistency. But when a guy like Josh Okogie re- regresses mm-hmm. from where he was at. That that creates another vacuum that a guy is trying to fill too. Agreed. You know, I, I will say I agree with Saul, and I, I think 
to this point, I don't think you replace like KD and them. But I will say as a coach, you want that guy, you get they're getting opportunities. Like, why hasn't somebody stamped that opportunity? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, stamp that opportunity and be like, yo, I'm playing every night. You gave me the opportunity and I'm stamped as a guy that's playing every night. And I haven't seen that. I, it's it's like up and down. I want one guy to emerge as a legitimate seven, eight man rotation guy down the road, and I haven't seen it. I I, I would argue Grayson has. No, he Grayson, has not, yeah, he's a yeah, given. He, he's I not had anything lower than eight points uh, in over a month now. He he gives you consistent, you know, three four assists. I uh, you know sure he'll have a game where Grayson? he scores. Yeah, you'll, he'll have a game where he scores twenty six, but. Yeah, that's a that's an outlier, but usually he's in in that 10, 14 range, yeah. you know. Like, but I think Grayson's a starter, Aspo. Like he started seventy games on the best I, team in basketball, I so don't I don't look at him in that he's group. Been consistent in one of these guys yeah. you brought in. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I get it. All right, let's bring in Gerald. In the darkness, beyond the light, there shall only be one. Welcome, you Welcoming into the program now our fifth member of the squad, Gerald Borgay from the Footprint Center. Gerald, first and foremost, there were a couple um, injuries. We saw Nas Little leave this game. I know Nurk went to the locker room after getting hit in the face. Give us an update on what you've heard so far about those two. Yeah, so not much of an update on Nas Little. Frank Vogel said he was being evaluated for a concussion. Um, so that's kind of what we knew in the game already. He did say, you know, another tough loss for this team after they were already down a few guys. Um, so they'll have to wait and see how he feels tomorrow after going through the evaluation uh, concussion protocol. And then for Yusuf Nurkic, he had left in that third quarter to also be evaluated for a concussion. He got hit in the nose. Uh, those tests came back clean, so he was okay to return. Um, he just had to play through some discomfort. Another case of Nurk getting hit in the face, um, but he was able to play through it. Unfortunately, no concussion for him. Gerald, a lot of people are freaking out right now about a variety <laughs> of different things. Uh, they want 14 of the 16 or 14 of the 15 players traded or straight out cut. Uh, nobody's happy. Uh, but, but in my estimation, I didn't think tonight's game was all that bad. I just thought the third quarter was pretty bad. Outside of that, I thought this team played fairly well uh, in terms of what they have at their disposal. What do you think? Yeah, No, I, I totally agree with that assessment. I, I think they lost to one of the better teams in the West, at least a playoff caliber team, um, and a team that was the third seed in the West last year by eight points. And guess how many free throws they missed? Eight. Like, it's an example of this team fought for three quarters. They had one really bad quarter uh, that totally lost them the game. And the margin for error is slim when you don't have Kevin Durant, when you don't have Bradley Beal, when you don't have Grayson Allen, when Nas Little goes down, when Nurkic misses basically half a quarter. Uh, the margin for error is very slim against a good team like that. I thought they did a great job against De'Aaron Fox until he got loose in the fourth quarter there. Um, the defensive effort was there. It's just this is a very good offensive team, and they kind of ran away with it down the stretch as good teams are supposed to do against shorthanded opponents. So... I, I understand the concerns about this team if you're looking at it through the prism of are we ever going to be healthy enough to really put this thing together to reach our ceiling to build that continuity before playoff time. That's a valid concern and one that I'm concerned about. But in terms of like the coaching or the defense or 
which bench guys are and aren't stepping up. I, I just can't get there yet just because of what is being asked of this these guys at this point in time. It's not what they're going to be asked to do if this team gets healthy. And we knew this coming in that, guess what? If your big three is not healthy enough to play, you know, 40 to 50 games together and build that chemistry, if they're not healthy enough to be on the floor come playoff time, you're probably not going to beat a Denver or some of the other good teams in the West. So this is kind of unfortunately where we are right now. We talked to Devin Booker and Frank Vogel and kind of asked them, is it tough to evaluate where this team is at? 22 games in given the fact that you guys haven't been healthy and they both they all said that they agree with that assessment um you know we asked Devin Booker how how do you not be overly concerned about this team with another loss and he said well I look at the bench and I see Bradley Beal and Kevin Durant there ready to come back so it's one of those things where I, I hate to be the guy that keeps preaching patience because we may never get there with a fully healthy team but until we do this team is we know this team's not good enough to win a championship that just is what it is Gerald uh, the unsung hero tonight was a guy that led this team in plus minus did Frank say that Bull Bulls guaranteed to get about 20 minutes next next game you kill me with these half serious questions that pose as serious <laughs> questions as well. hey Sam no. Lee had the same plus minus so why don't we toss him in there too Gerald no I, it, seriously though a, a guy that wasn't unsung hero tonight was Chemezi met to and uh, did Frank have much to say about his performance tonight because in those 23 minutes it really seemed like he made a case as to why he should be out there on the court more yeah Frank said he did some good things he said nobody on our team tonight played mistake-free basketball but um, he liked the energy that he brought obviously he brings that vertical presence we saw with a couple of the blocks that he sent them into the fourth row um, we saw that alley-oop pass that he got from Devin Booker. He brings kind of that vertical spacing that they haven't really had much of this season with Nurkic being more groundbound and Eubanks kind of struggling to find his runways to the basket. So um, it is something where maybe with, if Kevin Durant misses another game or two, we could see more Chemezi met two minutes and, and maybe see him kind of work his way into the rotation. We also might be without Nas Little, um, depending on you know how long that concussion keeps him out for. So he should get his chance, and that's what Vogel has been saying from the start, that everybody on this team is going to get their chance. I think this is probably Chemezi Metu's chance, and uh, I liked what I saw tonight out of him. I had a question for you, Jared, but my good friend Espo just took it. The Cause you know, I, have, I have a different one. Because you knew it was McGuire. I have a different one. Um, why doesn't Jordan Goodwin get more minutes, especially over, over guys like – I mean, listen – I know Eric Gordon serves a purpose, but 38 minutes is quite a bit for him at 35, especially the way his style of basketball is. Um, I didn't really understand why he didn't get more minutes because I thought he was relatively productive in the time he was out there. So did it, is anybody asking those questions about that? Uh, or what is your assessment of Jordan when you see him in person? Not really. We haven't asked those questions. And, and honestly, I think it's just because it doesn't seem like Frank or the Suns feel comfortable with him running the offense for very long stretches at this point. Um, I know coming in, I, I was pretty high on some of his playmaking and passing ability. But so far when he's been out there, some of his shot selection has been a little bit questionable at times. Um, and, you know, he's, as much as he's more willing to take threes and, and makes them at a higher clip than Josh Akogi, He's not exactly a great three-point shooter either. Um, so I think with Gordon, they're leaning on kind of the more reliable vet who brings the floor spacing element, um, who can drive and finish in those circumstances. I know everybody, 
you know, points out the turnovers because the turnovers that Eric Gordon has are mind-numbingly bad at times. Uh, he's got to stop jump passing because it feels like every time he does, he gets about a stack of paper off the ground, and by the time he's coming down, he's throwing it to the other team. That's my biggest issue with him right now. Um, but I, I do think Vogel and the Suns kind of trust him a little bit more in that spot as opposed to the third-year guy who – for the most part, last year was a playmaker on a pretty bad Wizards team. I mean, I, I get that, Gerald. I do. Um, I, but I don't even think it necessarily has to be at the point guard position. You know, I, I feel like he's a versatile guard. And to be honest with you, sometimes it seems like he out-rebounds even our bigs uh, down low, especially with putbacks and tips. And I just feel like his hustle and defense um, could mean a lot out there on the floor a little bit more than, than other guys that are maybe not producing at a high level. Um, so that's... You know, I would like to see him get some more minutes because I think 20 is a little too low when you have, you know, limited options when it comes to your bench. So, hey, G, I got a question, man. I, and I know you like this guy, and I know we talk about all the other intricacies and dynamics that this guy brings to the table. But talk to me. I, I want your opinion, not not what Frank is saying and not what you're hearing. Your opinion on what you're seeing from Josh Okogie right now, because it it just it just feels like this guy has lost complete confidence in what he can do offensively, and it's starting to kind of seep into his defensive play as well. So uh, you tell me what you think. I mean, I, I see it to a certain degree. Obviously, I think he was 0 of five tonight and like 0 of two or three from three point range. So. Um, it, it wasn't a great offensive night for him again. He's had a couple of those, but he's also had a couple of games this season that I feel like people have not noticed in terms of him somehow getting to double figures because he gets to the line, you know, five, six, seven times, something like that. And I think defensively, like obviously De'Aaron Fox went off in that fourth quarter. I think he had 23. Uh, but to that point, through three quarters, he had had 11 points. And I thought he and, and um, Jordan Goodwin had done a really good job of kind of bottling him up, making life difficult for one of the faster, shiftier players in the NBA. Um, so I, I do think, you know, Akogi makes the plays that don't always get noticed. Um, you know, he did have that one kind of pick six where he cut the passing lane. Yeah. He dumped it off to the guy for a layup, and that was kind of key in the Suns' fourth quarter run there. And I feel like those plays don't get noticed as much because when we have a loss like this, we look to the box score to be like, all right, whose fault is this? Who did this to us? And, yeah. of course, Josh Kogi's 0 for 5 is going to jump off the page every well, time. Well, I also think that it, it, it just inevitably seems like Josh Kogi gets put in positions when you need a bucket and he's the one that's wide open and he's mm -hmm. the one that misses. So it's like glaringly obvious to even the, the casual NBA follower that when they see that, they're like, oh, that's not good. You got to hit that mm -hmm. shot. You know what I mean? So I think that's why he stands out so much because we always talk about like he's going to be open in the corner. He was open basically the entire Nuggets series last year. He said he worked on it over the summer. It looked like that first couple games of the season, the three-pointer was there, and then it's just completely gone since then. And so I think that's why he stands out so much, not necessarily just the points that he's producing. I think it's the way he's he's not – providing production that is is a little bothersome for a lot of people no you're right and, and i think it's it's one of those things i think there was a stat that he has the best quality of three-point shot looks in the league in terms of how open he is um, and obviously the percentages that he shot on those kinds of looks is really really concerning um, it, it's one of those things that we knew that this might be a problem and i think it becomes an even more glaring problem when you 
don't have him on the floor with the big three. Because when you have those three out there, he's going to be able to do more with his cuts and his screens and his offensive rebounds. I think it's a lot harder to compensate for his flaws on the offensive end when you're not kind of, you know, insulating yourself against that problem with those types of guys out there with Grayson Allen and Eric Gordon as your fourth guy alongside of him. Gerald, you mentioned uh, Eric Gordon jumping over a stack of paper. How tall? Because I think we need to start the Eric Gordon challenge. And I'm going to see mm-hmm. if I can jump over it myself. <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's not great, man. He, he, the hops ain't what they used to be. And when he's trying to throw those passes in midair, he's, it's not going to end well. They look good this summer. Where the hell did they go? Because this summer he was dunking over people yeah. in the Bahamas. Yeah, that was because he was playing the Sisters of the Poor. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Gerald, anything else that stood out to you from the players or Frank Vogel tonight? Yeah, I'm going to write about this over the weekend, but I, I think one thing that's kind of been lost in this, because I know like Booker was kind of the only guy that had a good offensive game for the Suns, one of the few at least. Um, and, and people were wondering where he went in that third quarter. And I think an underrated aspect of this game in particular was the physical toll that it exerts bringing the ball up the court and dealing with traps and junk defenses and double teams every time you cross half court. Um, you know, it's something that we talked about with Chris Paul a lot the last two years of his time here. Um, and I and Vogel was saying, you know, we, we relied on him to do a lot and we knew that they were going to throw the kitchen sink at him and they did. Um, and, and I think it slowed him down a little bit in the third. But if you look at the looks that they were generating in that quarter, and especially in the fourth when they actually started hitting those threes, um, he did a much better job of dealing with the defensive pressure tonight, uh, you know, even though it wasn't a, a standout game from him, still 27-7-7, and seven, um, despite the third quarter that he had. So just something to keep in mind with Book, because all of these three superstars that we have, we've seen them play by themselves for spurts. Kevin Durant was great to start the season when book was out book was pretty great tonight. Um, but it's just one of those things where you need two or three of them on the court to really elevate this team to a different level. Awesome. Thank you, Gerald. Everyone be sure to give Gerald a follow on Twitter and also read that article. He just told you he was going to write this weekend over at gopeachnext.com. Bye Gerald. Thanks guys. And of course, you can become a diehard and get even more content from Gerald and access to our Discord and a free item from our locker and so much more. And right now, that diehard membership is on sale. It rarely ever goes on sale. It's never been on sale before. Okay, it's never been on sale before. Uh, You can get it for $59.99 right now, but the sale is not going to last forever. So get on that ASAP. And Sunday, make sure you get it. And that fifty nine ninety nine price is honored every year. So there you go. And let me be clear: if you are sick of what's going on on the platform formerly known as Twitter, you you, you feel like the conversation's toxic on social media. The Discord is a pleasant, mm-hmm. uh, refreshing place to discuss Our basketball. Is so great! It's fun. It's lighthearted. You can have serious basketball discussions, but nobody is hating on you just because you're talking basketball. So yeah. highly recommend it. Just for that, if you, if you don't care about anything else, that in and of itself is well worth the, worth the membership. For sure. All right, we're 73 minutes in, but we still got quite a few things in store for you guys. First and foremost, let's take a peek at our bets from the pregame show because... Let's do. Salt Hook. Oh, look who's in the fucking black now. Salt got a W, y'all. 
Damn right. Shocking. So excited for Espo and Flex did not. They both took L's tonight. So that Mm. means the leaderboard is now Espo minus 177.50. Flex, you are minus 75.41. Saul has $2 to his name. How's that nine cents looking now, Flex? And I I have 137.88 in my account. So I got some competition now. I got some competition. Uh, look, I'm. I think I'm going to just go with betting whoever is the favorite on the money line now, and just roll that and see if I can get some dubs. Because apparently, uh, following the Lindsey Smith playbook is what you have to do here: is just slowly take your wins until it until it leads you uh, to the promised land. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. How we'll it works see. Out but if you guys want to get in on the action, make sure you sign up for BetMGM. Use bonus code PHNX right now. They have a $1,500 first bet offer for you when you use that promo code PHNX. So place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through BetMGM Sportsbook mobile app of at least $10. And if that bet loses, your bonus bets will be available once your initial wager is settled. You can check out the show notes for full details. And now you can listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-N-Y or text HOPE-N-Y-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. And, of course, if you love free things around the holiday, make sure you join uh, Circle K's free membership program, Inner Circle. First and foremost, you save $0.25 per gallon on your first five Phillips. But right now, they are also running this promo of 31 days of Circle K on the app. So you check in daily, and you can win free prizes. You can win free snacks. You can win free drinks. You can get coupons, all the things. So make sure you... Uh, Join Inner Circle for free by downloading the Circle K app today. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit CircleK.com for details. But it gives you lots of perks. So if you are a Circle K girl like I am, make sure you sign up. I I may be a loser when it comes to gambling, but I am a winner with the Circle K Inner (laughs) inner Circle. I just became a premium Inner Circle member today, which means I get, when I buy a small beverage, no, no, no. I get an extra large for that price yeah. now. I get five cents off of gas instead of three. Uh, and I also uh, get early notice on new products. So none of you are going to know what's coming up, but I will. Yeah. I will. Yeah. Yeah. I've, okay. I've been there for two months. Congratulations. Welcome to the club. Also, <laughs> See, uh, we're cool. Also, Espo, shut up. I, you knew I was about to do this. All right. So real quick. Uh, inner circle. Here we go. So you thought that this was uh, our fantastic uh, box. You can't see it on the screen, but it doesn't matter. It's, I'm confused as to what's happening right now. Well, you know, I just appreciate Lindsay so much because she's in my inner circle. <laughs> shut up. Hey! <laughs> oh, my God. You guys, shut up. <laughs> oh, my God. Did I just get a PHNX beanie? You did, and it's in black, your favorite color. <laughs> It took me fucking four weeks to get that done. I'm going to have to stretch this out and make it all perfect for my head, but thank you. There you go. There you go. A little peach next beanie. you guys. Lizzie. That's dope. What, I'm so excited. What, what color is that? What color do you think it is, buddy? <laughs> pea green, I'll tell you that. Oh, my God. That How I, exciting. That's fire. That's fire. I need to get this to work out on my head. Yeah. Roll it up like KD. 
No, I can't, I can't, I can't pull off the, the teeny weeny beanie. That's fire. Part. I look goofy like that. It's all good. But thank you. You're welcome. Oh, I'm so stoked. This That's is the best fine. day ever. Okay, we're going to round out the show uh, first and foremost with our big, bright, shiny star. Because everybody in the chat at the beginning of the show was like, I can't wait to see who you guys I don't even know who it is. For this one. <laughs> it's the Guess best what, person guys? in the shining star. It's it's going to go to DJ Chris Villa, who made a Steve Kerr EDM remix at halftime today. Y'all remember Steve Kerr complained about the music. Well, he made a song out of it. In this building, you can't hear anything because it's like a club. It's like, a, it's like a South Beach club. It's just this thumping techno club music. Thumping. Phoenix's hottest new club is Footprint Center. I thought that was so funny. That was probably one of the brightest spots of tonight's game. So shout out to him. And he replied to us on Twitter. I know. Shouting him out. That's fun. So that's who our big, bright, shiny star goes to today. Uh, Folks, no, the beanie is not in our store. It is not available. I'm sorry. It is one of a kind. Uh, Maybe we'll have some someday, but not today. Hopefully. for $800, you can get your own PHNXP. <laughs> Solid, I will make sure of it. Oh, my gosh. I think that would be a hot seller. Man. I think it would be, too. I, I so do. Too. I do. Solid, you know some people. Get them. You just got to talk to them. We're working on it, guys. You know, we'll get it eventually. All right. A couple of super chats. Alter John sent us one and said, I blame the owner for meddling in transfers, <sighs> a.k.a. trades. Okay. What do you guys think? No. No. Okay. Next. Espo, are you a no I or said, yes? I'm a no. All right. Sorry. Yeah. To John, damn it. Damn him for doing stuff when our last guy didn't do shit. We appreciate your super <laughs> chat, though, and you being here. Uh, Drew sent us one as well. They said, I understand or I understood Vogel's staggering books minutes when he was coming back from injury, but now it looks terrible. Well, tonight he wasn't staggering. Yeah, he didn't stagger anything. Stagger. Nobody staggering. <laughs> Would you want him to play all 48? <laughs> you can't go 48 strong, bro. You try to get... He was staggering with himself. <laughs> you try to get the dude hurt again. You in can't go 48. You can get in trouble. For yeah, you can. Unless you, can you mean staggering. I don't, I don't know. I'm not even going to guess. Uh, okay. Uh, Mike Kafka sent us one again. Thank you so much. Said Steve Nash's back would hurt so bad that he had to lay on the floor in front of the bench every time he came off the floor. Watching Beal sitting with, quote, back tightness seems lame. Well, no, I mean, stop. It's not, no. it's not lame. I mean, there are people that have said that, you know, Kelly Oubre got hit by a car and came back faster than Brad Beal, but... Did he really get yeah, hit by a Kelly, car? What Kelly didn't mention we're was not, that car was a micro machine. We're not doing so. that. We're not doing that. But Steve Nash we're had not a slandering cr- Kelly Oubre. <laughs> we're not doing is. any of this. Because even with Steve Nash, like things are different. Like You don't know what his medical situation was compared to Bradley Beals. You don't know Bradley Beals compared to Steve Nash's. You also have to take into consideration like different eras of basketball, different ways of dealing with injuries. Like... There's so much that has changed within those years that you can't even compare the two anymore. Steve Nash had three level severe spinal stenosis. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Debilitating back. Yes. That is a different. And and what Brad Beal is dealing with is uh, soft tissue back issue. It's not structural. But it could become very bad if you force him to play under these circumstances. So. Let him chill out. But get him a throne. 
get him get him a nice chair over there on the bench not not the norm just uh, never mind uh frank <laughs> sent us a super chat thank you frank they said these refs will be the death of me the death i mean uh i mean there was a couple egregious calls but i, I didn't i didn't really feel i didn't like, like the flagrant yeah, the flagrants were all stupid, especially considering the fact so, that they were so quick to blow the whistle on flagrants here, yet Devin Booker gets, like, absolutely mauled across the head against the Lakers, and there's just nothing happening. Twice. Yeah. So, Gerald did tweet about that. He asked Book about the flagrant tonight and what the officials said to him, and they said grabbing on the shoulder, yeah. that wasn't a basketball move. So, that's exactly what they called And it. I think because it came before he he actually hit the ball mm -hmm. is why they called it because he kind of used it to get yeah. get up in the air. I got I understood that. One. Yeah. Okay. Adam sent us one. Ooh. Shout out to you, Damn, Adam, Adam. Job, for Adam. sending us a hundred bucks. Damn. We appreciate go, you very Adam. much. Uh, they said I agree with Flex. Booker and KD team should win games by big margins and rolls and roll most of the league. They have won but have blown out nobody. Our bench and defense needs to be better. We laugh about trade deadline, but I think we might need a quality addition. They right. did blow out the Timberwolves. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They took care of Memphis, too. They blew out the Jazz. They blew out the Jazz. But I don't disagree. I think they're going to have to find yeah. somebody at the deadline. Yes. Uh, we've talked about it. They have guys that have overlapping skills, and I think you still need more of a bigger physical presence at, at the four. Yeah. Yeah. I think they'll be – they'll – They'll do but their who? due diligence. Well, there's a, there's always somebody. That can, Bobby Portis, if he's going to keep uh, uh, yelling at the coach there in, in Milwaukee, I wouldn't mind uh, inquiring about him. Do you like Bogdanovich, Detroit? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's available. Yeah, I mean, money needs every bit of help he can get down there, though. Maybe we can get him. And 19 in a row now? 19 in a row, yeah. yeah. Uh, Three-way trip. Money done iced himself. <laughs> We got a couple from Elliot. Thank you, Elliot. Appreciate you. The only one that had a comment with it, they said, the techno disco in Steve Kerr's own words. Mm -hmm. hey, can I, I'm disappointed. I loved it, but it should have been on Tuesday night when Steve's in the building. Oh. But here's the thing. Here's oh, the thing. That's a they good probably point. had him booked way before it happened, and he was like, well, I don't get to play on Tuesday because I'm booked for Friday. But I still need to do bring it. Bring them back Tuesday. They should bring them back on Tuesday. It. And every time they come down the court, they should play that Tuesday. Yo, they, they have should. to do that Tuesday, yo. <laughs> that would be hilarious. He'll, he'll probably least. laugh about it, too. Yeah, at the very least, do it pregame. Yeah. Make a joke out of that, 100%. That, no, that's the song they use to introduce intro. the, the yes. Warriors. Intro. Yes. Yes. <laughs> intro, bro. Oh I'm telling you, dog. Yo, that's somebody got to get in somebody's ear. That needs to happen. That would be so funny. <laughs> oh, my God. It was just like... <laughs> <laughs> and now starting and for the Golden State Warriors. Number thirty. <laughs> Steph Curry. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> 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 and then Steve <laughs> Boyce <laughs> <just> comes in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got one from James. Thank you, James. Uh, they said, is this a Kevin Young problem? These low teen scoring quarters are tough. Still need a point guard, in my opinion. Let Katie and Book work the elbows off the elbows and come off screens. I mean, it, it's it, you want to say that because the thought was Kevin Young was retained uh, to run the offensive sets and incorporate that offense, and then Vogel was going to handle the defense. Um, and I think Vogel even said that, but I don't know. I don't know what's going on behind closed doors, and I don't know who's in charge of what. I assume Kevin Young is, but it's also a little early. Yeah. 
Early. Once Kevin gets his full deck of cards, if we're still having these conversations, then yeah. But until he gets what he was promised, I don't think it's fair to throw him under the bus yet. I'll say that I, I don't think we're talking, oh, somebody's head needs to roll. But, but if I'm Frank Vogel, I'm like, hey, we got to kind of consider what we're doing here without these guys. Are there modifications we need to make a little bit more than we are? Uh, but yeah, Kevin Young's can't scheme away the fact that you don't have Kevin Durant or Bradley Beal or when Book's there, yeah. not mm-hmm. there, and Katie's in. Mm-hmm. You can't scheme away that. It's just there's nothing you can do offensively, scheme wise, that's going to change. Yeah. It. Uh, Espo, Nate sent you 20 pesos and nice. said for Espo's recovery nice. fund. <laughs> I will make sure to include that in the bet on Tuesday that I will promptly lose. Yeah. Hey, thank you, Nate. <laughs> Uh, Leo sent us one. Thanks, Leo. They said Tyrese Halliburton or Shea Gilgis Alexander. Who you taking? I uh, neither. SGA. If I'm a son's GM, because uh, we had the opportunity on both. SGA. SGA. Yeah. But I love. I love. Yo, Halliburton's that guy. Yeah. These these are two of the best young guards in the league. They'll be there for a long time. They're fun. Mike Kafka sent us another one. Thank you. Shout out to you for sending all the love in the super chats tonight. Said. Steve Nash at the trade deadline. He's only 49 and he doesn't sit out. I say, why well, you wait? Went, why not? Bring well, him in right now. I say, I say you still talking about the Steve Nash in Phoenix because he sat out a lot in L.A., baby. <laughs> <laughs> How long is he going to have to LA. lay on that baseline to be able to play that? Seriously. <laughs> Love my man Steve Nash, but he ain't not yet. Um, but... You know, it wouldn't surprise me if he did come back in some capacity. What that capacity looks well, like remains to be seen. But now that there are a lot of things have changed with his organization, it wouldn't surprise me if in the next couple of years we see mm-hmm. Steve Nash with some role that has to do with the Phoenix Suns organization. I yeah. know there's been interest. I'm sure there has. Yeah. How could you not? All right. I think that's it. <sighs> Thank you guys for joining us. Listen. Take these next two days, do something that brings you some joy because clearly right now Suns basketball is not hitting the mark of what we all typically uh, hope to get from this team. But that doesn't mean that we won't get there eventually. And hopefully next week is the start of something fun for us. Um, So enjoy tomorrow and Sunday. On Monday, come hang out with us, though. We'll have a show for you at 3 p.m. So plan to come hang out with us. and, And until then... You can give the show a follow on social at phnext underscore sons. You can follow me at Lindsay Smith AZ. You can follow Saul at Saul underscore Bookman. You can follow Flex at Flex from Jersey. And of course, you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, take us on. Happy anniversary, Saul and Estella. Oh, hoy, hoy. <laughs> <laughs>